0: Welcome to another episode of the Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is an extension of the Beating Around the Bush column that appears weekly in the Carroll County Newsletter and are simply my opinions, my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Welcome again to episode 25 entitled Build It and It Will Grow. Well, what we want to talk about today is kind of, you know, it's an extension. If you go pick up a copy of your Carroll uh, County Newsletter, and I don't know if it's called Carroll County Newsletter, it's called Carroll Newsletter, and there's a whole lot of history behind the newspaper in Huntingdon before I get started. There used to be, when I was in high school, there used to be the Democrat and the Republican. Yes, believe it or not, there were two different newspapers, and that's what they were called. Eventually, they merged into one newspaper, and now it's the Carol newsletter. But anyway, uh, if you go pick up your copy, you can get a small ep- excerpt of this podcast in the newspaper this week, along with some amazing pictures that I've taken at basketball games. Just joking, patting myself on the back because, you know, nobody else will. No, just again, just kidding. But anyway, having a little fun this morning. But this is called Build It and It Will Grow. Uh, it's a. It's going to talk about how to build an athletic program. But before we get started, uh, let's go back and make a couple of corrections maybe uh, from last week as we talked about uh, talking about different athletes playing different sports. And that helps all your sports as a small school. And that stays true today. And I'll stick by that statement that you're better athletes need to play more than one sport. But let me say this. And a friend of mine pointed it out. One of my biggest uh, listeners, and I appreciate everything or every time that he listens and passes it along to other people. But uh, it's harder to do nowadays to play all three sports like I did when I was in high school. You know, in high school, all I had was three sports, and we just basically went from one to the other. Now, basketball usually would end, for example, uh, first of February, and we would start practicing baseball in March, believe it or not. We wouldn't even play a game until April. You know, now they've played 20 games by the time April rolls around, uh, but we would play the whole month of April. And we only play like a couple of games a week, play 10 games at the most, believe that or not, during the regular season. Then we'd have the district tournament, and then usually our season was over. We usually had spring football practice in March, but as soon as basketball season was over in February, we had spring football practice in March. Then we'd have baseball, and they didn't even have softball at Hainton at the time. In fact, baseball had only been resurrected for three years prior to the time uh, that I was in high school. So I was, you know, it, it it only been alive for about a couple of years when I was a freshman. Uh, as you know, it had they'd quit doing it like 1960 or early 60s or something like that, and went a period of several years where they didn't have baseball, and then started it back. But of course, then we'd have the summer off. Then football practice wouldn't start until August. Now it starts in July, or it'd be the end of August. Really, we wouldn't play our first football game until. Uh, September first week of September is when we play a football game. Nowadays it's three; they've got three games in before the month of August is over. So that was, you know, it was easy to do it then. A friend pointed out that that the seasons kind of overlap a lot, and they do. Uh, I just saw I was talking to another guy at Upward Basketball the other day, where uh, he was taking his child to Oxford, Mississippi. Now this was February. This was February the 5th at the time, and they were playing in a baseball tournament. And I know the middle school uh, just last week were still playing a basketball. There were some other youth that I know of that were playing in some baseball tournaments. Football basically is the only sport out of all the ones that are currently going on at uh, Huntington High School in which it doesn't lap over. As much and and it does in a sense because the, the kids that just concentrating on football are in the weight room lifting and all that good stuff. So uh, you know that if you play, for example, if you play uh, basketball during the summer, you're not going to lift weights because you are uh, concentrating on football. You know, and there's a lot of basketball. I know Bethel every year in June has a camp where they invite all the area schools and there's a whole lot of schools and they play like at three different locations over in McKenzie the high school, the old Becker Gymnasium at uh, Bethel. And then they uh, play at uh, Crisp Arena. They're on the campus of Bethel and they play three different locations and they do girls and they do boys the next week. And, you know, you pay a fee and but you get your basketball team in some work. But so his point was, and it's a valid point, is that it's harder to play multiple sports because these sports overlap, as I just mentioned. And that's a good point. But I still stick to that statement that before you're going to be successful at some uh, programs, you're going to have to play more than one sport. And it just it just helps your better athletes do that. That's one thing. And then uh, I left out a name or two, I think, uh, last week when I talked about how many basketball players played football. I don't forgot who I mentioned, but there was, you know, there, was, there was some of those kids that don't play very much. Uh, I, I know like, uh, uh, for example, Landon Bryant, uh, Noah Smothers, the uh, Bartholomew, Graham Bartholomew, those three played football, but, And, of course, they're not released from football to play basketball until football is over, just like everybody else. I know Aiden Hutcherson was another one. I don't think that I mentioned Elijah Flowers uh, was another. So they had more than just a couple, but they're probably the main uh, group of basketball players that they have playing this year uh, did not play football. And that was really essentially the point I was making. But when you want to build and we're talking about basketball right now more than we are anything else, because if you listen to the podcast last week, and if you hadn't, you can go back and listen, is that Hayden, you know, the podcast last week was about, is Hayden a football school only? And I made the argument both ways. And when you look at it, that, you know, you could call Hayden a football school. You could call it uh, just a bunch of great athletes because they were successful, uh, as you heard last week, and softball has been to the state nine times. Baseball has been six times. Uh, Football has been multiple times. And, of course, that's what, you know, the subject of the matter was. Uh, softball, and you know, uh, the only sports that haven't been to a state, and may, it may be easier to say it that way, is uh, volleyball and soccer. But they're only in their first year of existence. Everybody else has been to a state, even tennis. And I didn't mention that last week, have had some players make it to the state tournament. We've had it in golf. Uh, So you look at those banners in Huntington High School, and that proves that. So, but it it goes without saying, and I'm not saying this to be critical, because you look at the facts, and I don't have to uh, say critical, because I'm going to tell you, uh, I support everything that Huntington High School does. Uh, I'm an alumni of Huntington High School, graduated 1974. And I won't be bashful in saying I love this place. It's where I've always been. One of these days, yeah, probably one of these days I'm going to move, believe it or not. But uh, I enjoy doing what I do as far as covering sports, and and I don't do it for myself. I do it because somebody needs to. Because if I didn't, well, we won't go there. But I support everything Hayden does. But let's be honest. Because all you got to do is look at your records. And basketball this year is having a difficult year. And there's a couple of reasons why. One of the main reasons, and probably the biggest reason at this point, and it's not to diminish the schools that we played in the past, but we are in a tougher uh, Division, you know, because basketball this year and football, I mean, baseball, softball, they all have split into four classifications, where in the past, they were in three classifications. Since the beginning of time prior to this year, all four county schools were in the same district in basketball, softball, and baseball. That includes Clarksburg, who doesn't have football, but Clarksburg, West Carroll, McKenzie, Brewston, and Huntington, so not to diminish them, but Huntington and McKenzie have pretty much been the cream of the crop when it comes to basketball. Now, West Carroll has been also pretty good, and they're pretty good this year, but when they split into four classifications, and and the point I'm trying to make is Huntington had better records against maybe, the best way to say it is, competition that is Schools, their size. Let's put it that way. Uh, Schools that we can compete against because we're in a difficult situation now. But, you know, uh, in fact, our boys last year won the district regular season in basketball. This year, they're 0-6 in district play. The girls, last year, of course, we're in the same district as McKenzie. McKenzie's got one of the better girls teams in the state. And last time I looked, Their girls' team was ranked number one in Class 1A. But now Huntington is in 2A. And the district shapes up as Westview, Union City, Milan, Gibson County, and Huntington. Well, Gibson County girls and Westview girls are ranked one and two in the state. So, (laughs) uh, or they're in the top five in the state. I'm not sure. if I know Gibson County was second at one time. Uh, Loretto. Uh, may be up there around the top. Also, they may be number one in Westview and uh, Gibson County, or a little bit below that. But that's some pretty. That's when when two of your teams in your district are ranked in the top five in the state, that's a pretty tough competition. Now, let me say this start start with Huntington girls to me are pretty good, but they have struggled within district play. They are one in five within the district with two district games remaining as of the uh, airing time of this broadcast, which is on a Monday, February the 7th. They play Milan uh, tomorrow night on Tuesday, February the 8th, and then Friday will travel to Westview, and that will end the regular season. So they got two district games left, so it looks like they're going to finish fourth in the district uh, because the team's ahead of them. Even if they win those two games this week, I think the tiebreaker will still place them in fourth. They'll have to play Milan probably next Monday night in the uh, play-in game. Loser will go home. Winner will go to the region. But boys are 0-6 uh, with those two still same games remaining. Uh, the girls are 12-11 and 11 overall. The boys are 8-15. and And the boys have struggled more so than the girls. So how do you build a program? How do you get better basketball teams? Well, like I said, it's a little harder to do. or It's been a little harder this year because of the competition. But we've been competitive. That's the thing. Uh, There have been some games where we've just been flat. I know the boys last Tuesday night at Gibson County uh, scored uh, 28 points. They had 32 points saturday night this past saturday night in the second quarter against brewston so think about that they score more points in one quarter against the team they used to play against in the district and uh they have more points in one quarter than the entire game against gibson county the week before. gibson county is not that much better than we are and it looks like the way it's shaping up uh that the boys will have to play gibson county for the right to go uh to the region, because that's what happened. Four teams advance to the region, so five teams in our district. So that play-in game is going to eliminate one team, then the district tournament basically be for seeding. So how do you do that? How do you build a better basketball program? Well, I think, first of all, you got to start. Tradition has to play a lot into it. Well, that's one of those old sayings that we have here in the South. It puts you between a rock and a hard place. Football in Hayden has tradition. Well, let me tell you how you build tradition. You build tradition by winning. And that's winning over a long period of time. Well, Huntington basketball doesn't have that tradition. So how you build tradition if you don't win a lot of games? Well, that's that's the problem. So you have but tradition uh, tradition carries over. But you have to build a mindset and it starts at an early age. I know for years, and I was part of the start of it, and that's Upward Basketball. Uh, of course, they do Upward Basketball at First Baptist Church in Hayden and uh, I was a part of that when we started it, but there, some of the rules were different because they wanted you to learn fundamentals and stuff, and we'll get to that in a minute, and it wasn't about winning. Well, that's where Upward Basketball... As good as it was, it gave the kids an opportunity to play before they didn't. It also kind of hurt in a way because the rules were so much different than than they were before, than, than regular basketball, I should say, uh, at the younger ages that, you know, in, in a sense it hurt. It gave you a chance to play, but it also wasn't the rules that a regular game has. You know, stuff like you had to guard player with your color. You couldn't break off and double team and that kind of stuff. So you, you were teaching fundamentals of defense, but you wasn't teaching team defense, if that makes sense. So, but that's where you got to start. And that, uh, that's what I'm kind of getting to in my first point. And I know I talked to uh, Marty Singleton. He's one of my biggest listeners. And, and, and he, uh, along with, I think, Jacob Harris and somebody else are, are, Something to that effect. They they coach they coach in a youth team, uh, fourth grade, I believe, and they've been playing places around the area uh, with a fourth grade team, and that's that's what you got to do. That's you got to start at that level. You got to start young and start letting them play, because if you got talent, and that's one of the things that uh, I, I kind of had on my list as to how you build a program, because. To be honest with you, uh, baseball and softball to an extent, because baseball is, I mean, softball, to be honest with you, girls, softball sometimes is dominated by a pitcher. Baseball, maybe not as much. I mean, a, all levels of baseball, a pitcher has an effect on how the game's going to be. But softball, if you got a dominant pitcher, uh, Hayden had uh, Brooke Thomas several years ago, the Renfro girls from TCA. You don't need anybody else, because she strikes her. They strike everybody out. But baseball, you maybe not have to have as much talent. Sometimes you just make throw the right base, uh, play smart. You win some games without as much talent in that sport as you can. Now, basketball, you need some talent. And I'm not saying because Huntington basketball teams, when you look at them over the years, have struggled because a lack of talent. I think there's some talent because they're talented in baseball, they're talented in uh, softball, they're talented in football. You know that that shows up. So yes, there's some talent, but some of those kids, and that's kind of what I was talking about last week, are not playing basketball. The mo- the better athletes, and I think some of them, some of them should. Is there enough talent right now to win games? Uh, maybe. Uh, but they they've not developed a rhythm this year for whatever reason and one thing with the boys as far as Hayden is concerned one thing that they're missing is size uh, they don't they don't have any size when Jeb Atkinson uh, is your tallest player most of the time on the floor along with Keller Smith and Keller's got a little length to him uh, but you know Gibson county for example has a kid that's six four you know we don't have anybody over six one and, and that, that, that hurts. But I think there's enough talent to be better at basketball through the school uh, than what we have. But you have to develop talent, believe it or not. You just can't uh, play basketball, show up, and expect to drill three-pointers. There are things that you have to do. And that's where fundamentals uh, come in. To be fundamentally good at basketball, you have to practice dribbling. You have to practice shooting. You have to pa- practice uh, passing. Uh, those are things that any kid can pick up a basketball at any time and do. But there are ways to pass ball. Uh, I can remember with drills that we used to go through. You know, the two-hand chest pass and the bounce pass. There's a time when you bounce pass it, and there's a time when you uh, pass it with a, a chest pass. There are just times, and you've got to be able to recognize those things. The kids, uh, you've got to develop fundamentals, but you also got to develop a basketball IQ. Uh, you know, I see kids all the time, and I don't understand why they do that, because if I remember having a conversation with uh, uh, Jonathan Key one time. He said, in his opinion, and he's probably right to an extent, the three-point line, let's put it this way, is no doubt has changed the game of basketball. It's a different game than it used to be. First of all, it's a lot more physical, not because of the three-point line, but the game is more physical than it used to be. It used to be than when I played, for sure. But the three-point line has changed the game because he's like he said one time, he said, you know, kids come to practice and when they're just shooting, you know, just shooting around just, you know, before the practice actually starts, kind of getting warmed up a little bit, they'll pick up a basketball and the first thing they do is go to the three-point line. Well, that's how much the game has changed. Right? That's how much kids think about the three-point line, but there's more to it than that. Because if you look at the stats from a basketball game, m- most teams will make anywhere from three to ten three-pointers a game. And now sometimes it's when you make them, because I know Hayden the other night against and made, uh, I think it was 12 uh, three-pointers. Uh, that was one of the better shooting nights they've had all year. You know, that was the first time they've been over uh, 70 points all year, and they scored 83 points, I think, in that that, that win over at Brewston uh, Saturday night after scoring 28 Tuesday night. So, uh, three point line has changed the game that much, but the game's not all about the three point line. You need to learn to box out on rebounds. And I can remember this has been several, several years ago. I was probably in my 20s, early 30s at the time. Uh, playing recreational basketball in a league, uh, I could get a rebound against, and I'm not very tall. I could get a rebound against a guy four or five inches taller than I was because I could box out. You know, you stick your hip into him, you box out. That's part of fundamentals. I, and kids don't, I don't think kids do that as much. And I've argued about foul shots. I don't understand why you can't make foul shots. The game at Brewston last Monday night, uh, 15 of 32 from the foul eye. 17 missed foul shots Uh, game against Milan a week and a half ago or something like that. The fact that we missed at one time, nine consecutive foul shots probably cost us a a win in that game, a game that we could have won a district game as a matter of fact. So how many kids stand there and shoot constantly foul shots? I know I used to do that all the time because and if I was coaching, and I don't know what the coaches do, and I, I've had our coaches tell me that this, they practice a lot at foul shots. But do do, do these kids practice enough on their own sometimes? Uh, because I would center and shoot, constantly shoot foul shots. Foul shots is about rhythm because there's nobody guarding you. And I try to, when I'm refereeing upper basketball, I try to teach, teach kids, uh, you know, for short on foul shot, Push with your legs, fundamentally. You know, push with your legs because that's where shooting is. It's in your legs. It's not a flick of the wrist. It's shoot, your leg. Uh, shooting comes from leg strength. You know, just things like that. Dribble with both hands. Be able to be adept at dribbling with both hands. And playing defense. And I think both of our teams do a very good job of playing defense. But sometimes we've been struggling on the offensive end but that's one thing that you got to do. You got to teach those fundamentals and you got to practice over and over and over. And people don't, you know, kids nowadays, I don't think uh, enjoy maybe practice as much as they should because the game, and I've heard a lot of coaches say this, and there's a lot of truth to this, that the game ought to be when you have fun. The game ought to be when you relax. You put in the work at practice and you work your tail off and you sweat and you learn everything that you need to go know and so that when you get to the game, the game is easy. You know, when you think about it, when you get to a game and you've got to think about being in rhythm to shoot a foul shot or you've got to think about what kind of pass you need to make in a certain situation or you need to figure out who is the best player on the other team to guard and all that good stuff, then you've missed the boat. You need to have all of that in place before you ever get to the game. And that's, that's why I, what I mean by the game should be easy. Uh, but you've got to – to me, that's probably the most important aspect when you're talking about building a program because you got to have kids that can play. That's the first thing you got to have. There is no coach in this country at any sport that's worth a dime without talent. Uh, Nick Saban wouldn't be a very good football coach if he didn't have talent. Now, he's learned to recruit great talent. He's learned to bring great talent in. But at a high school, it's a little different, especially at a public school. Because when you look at it at a public school, you are playing with the hand that you're dealt okay and when you look at why some schools are always successful at sports and some schools always aren't and then you have a third group that have a uh, period where they'll have some success and then they'll be terrible uh, for a while and they'll go back and forth so you have three groups and that's what I mean by playing with the hand that you're dealt. But what what does that mean, though? What what that means is what I'm getting at is Huntington has been successful at a lot of different sports. And that's what we covered last week in our podcast. They've been successful because they've got talented kids. And I'll explain why at some point in a later podcast, but not today because I don't have enough time. But So that means there's talent at this school. There are some schools, and I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but there's some schools, look at their record, they're always uh, last place in the district or they're always losing games. Well, you look, they don't have a lot of talent. Now, there'll be a couple of players that are pretty good. but But for the most part, they're not. And that comes down to talent. And then you have some schools that you'll have a group of kids that will come through, and they'll be talented. And then while they're there, you win games. And then when they're gone, you go back to losing again. But that's how – and it doesn't necessarily have to be that way because when you look at Huntington is a great example, and football is a great example, when you see those kids – in middle school and in youth football league leading up to middle school and they have success. And if those kids stay together, they're going to be successful all the way through high school. So when I say build from the ground up, that's where you start. You go to those younger years, like Marty's got that fourth grade team, you know, start there, teach them the game of basketball, fundamentals and how to win games. And then As they progress, they're going to get better. And if they've got talent, they're going to win games. You know, one thing that is wrong, I think, with a lot of coaches nowadays, and I'm not talking about any particular coach, I'm just talking about there or some out there that have this mindset, and I know who they are and I know who they aren't, but winning is the only thing. You coach to win. You know, I disagree with that. On the high school level, yeah, winning is a little more important than a middle school level or even before that. It's important, but it shouldn't be the main thing. You know what should be the main thing about sports in a school system? Teaching. Teach them how to play the game. Teach them fundamentally like I was talking about. Show them how to play the game. And what that will do is they'll learn about life because life is a game. They'll learn what to do when they get knocked down. They'll learn what to do when they come up against an opponent that is better than they are, and they'll learn how to overcome obstacles. That's what the game in the school system, it should be about teaching. Sports should be about teaching because you're not always going to play sports. Sports is going to be over one of these days. So what have you learned from it? Yes, you want to win, and that should be the main goal. But if you teach and you show them how to play, winning is a byproduct of that. I truly believe that. And there's one other thing that you got to do, and we'll, we'll finish with this, and that's play, play, play. You know, we mentioned uh, Marty Singleton and his fourth grade team. Keep playing, play as many games as you can. And the more games you play, the more you simulate what you're going to be facing ahead in the future. And that's how you build a program. That's how you build a tradition. And with that being said, I'm just going to leave it right there because I want honey to win every game they play. But I want these kids to get better at what they're doing because later in life, they're going to need to know what it takes to overcome something. So uh, tune back here next week, and we'll have an, another subject where we'll just ramble on about. Don't know what it is yet, but... You won't know until you listen next week. See you later.